Անգլերենը Uh, we're reading from Titus chapter 2 from the 11th verse. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great, and great God and Savior, Christ Jesus, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good deeds. These things speak and exhort and reprove with all authority that no one disregard you. I praise God for this opportunity to once again be in your midst. It was exactly one year ago I had the opportunity to come and be with you and to uh, speak from the Word of God to you. And in the one year that has passed since I was last with you, many different things happened. Many people passed into eternity. Many people are bedridden with sickness now. Many people lost their spouses. But praise God for his limitless grace which we are able to enjoy day to day. God is faithful and he fulfills his promises. In these scriptures that we read, we see that Paul underlines two lasting principles and truths. The first is mentioned in verse 11 where it says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men. And the second uh, can be found in chapter, in verse 13, 
which says, Looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. Uh, we can understand from these two scriptures that the age of grace has, has entered into being. Until the appearance of Christ from the time of Moses, uh, we lived, the people lived in the age of the law. People lived under the law. And they were judged in accordance with the law. But we can read and we understand from Romans chapter 3 onwards that you cannot be justified, you cannot be made righteous through the law. Because the law on its own only brings condemnation. Why was the law introduced? Because until the law came into being, people didn't know what was sin and what was not sin. So the law came into being in order to show people what was sin. But when we read that grace and salvation comes through Jesus Christ, the whole system changed. Seven hundred years before the birth of Christ, the prophet Isaiah prophesied and said the following. Uh, a group of people who were wandering in the darkness saw the light. And people who were dead inside, who were living dead, light was, was brought upon them. The age of law passed away. And the age of grace came into being. The law tells us, do this, don't do that. And it was impossible to have salvation through the law because you were saved through your works. But grace tells us whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And uh, Paul the Apostle says you were saved by grace, not by works. But we shouldn't forget that works are the fruit of salvation by grace. Our good works do not give us salvation. But salvation does motivate us to do good works. The age of grace began in Bethlehem. 
Panı marmin yegav umermeç pına getsav. The Bible tells us that the word became flesh and lived amongst us. Yevanor parkı desan hormen miyazni parkin bes şunorkov ucuş mardutunov letun. And we saw his glory amongst us full of uh, light and truth, grace and truth. Kristosi miçotsav azudzo şunorkı polor markutyan haytnvetsav. Through Christ the grace of God was revealed to all mankind. Yevais şunorkin haytnvilnevor mer havatkin And it is the appearance of this grace which is the foundation of our faith and is our hope. Not only now in the present age but also for the future. If this this hope was only for this life that we're living now then it's futile. But our hope is an eternal hope. In the 13th verse, Paul tells us that we are expecting, we wait in anticipation of that happy hope. What is that hope? That hope is the second coming of our Savior Jesus Christ. Yes, when I read the scripture, I see a very beautiful image. The disciples are gathered of Jesus. This is Acts chapter 2. Sorry, chapter 1. Sorry, Acts chapter 1. my mistake. And uh, they are gathered and Jesus tells them that they will be baptized with the Holy Spirit within a, within a short time. And they will receive power. And they will be uh, witnesses for him. And we know what happened in Acts chapter 2 during Pentecost, the day of Pentecost. After the Holy Spirit descended on the people, after the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we see that Peter, the same Peter who denied Jesus, and not only did he deny him, he denied him with cursing and with, with quite uh, profane expressions. That same Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit and under the power of the Holy Spirit, stood before the people and spoke with courage. And we know the consequences of Peter's speech. More than 3,000 people were added to the church that day. Dear friends, the same message applies to us today. We have need for the fullness of the Holy Spirit. The first song that we sang today was about the Holy Spirit. Even when we're downhearted, I can look at Peter and Peter encourages me. 
Menkal Tev Garelye Uning Dgarutunner Garelye Uning Tsahogotunner Even we even though we might have we might have weaknesses and failings in our lives Yerpokin surp mez letsne when the holy spirit fills us Yerpokin surp mez garavare and when the holy spirit leads us God can use us. We can be used for God. And when Jesus had said these words to them, he ascended to heaven and he was hidden from their sight. And then we read that two men dressed in white were present at that time and they said, They said that this Jesus who ascended to heaven right now before you will come back in the same way. Shortly before this, when uh, Jesus and the disciples were gathered together at the Mount of Olives, they asked uh, Jesus, the disciples asked Jesus, tell us what will be the sign of the end of the age and of your return. And we can read Jesus' answer in Matthew chapter 24. He says there will be wars and rumors of wars. And nation will, will fight against nation. And kingdoms will fight against kingdoms. There'll be famines and catastrophes and earthquakes. There will be lawlessness. Lawlessness will increase. And we can see in the world around us that all of these things are increasing. In all of history, there have never been as many wars as there are now. And a few days ago, I was watching television and the news was talking about uh, this huge flood which was taking over. And it was showing floodings, huge floodings in different countries, and the commentary was stating that um, historically there haven't been floods to the same degree as there are now. Dear friends, all of these things that we see are signs that the second coming of our Savior Jesus Christ is drawing near. And we say, come, come Lord Jesus. 
And uh, the Apostle Peter asked the question, what type of person do we need to be, bearing in mind everything you've just said? And we can find the answer in Titus chapter 2, verse 12, which is, as a result of this salvation and the grace that has appeared through Christ, we are to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously and godly in the present age. The, uh, the instruction that we read in this portion of the scripture is made up of two parts. The first is denying something and the second uh, part is, is taking on something. The denial is the following. We are to deny ungodliness and the flesh which, uh, which is part of our being until salvation. We are to deny everything which is against God and God's righteous uh, will. In Ephesians it says, there was a time when you used to live in accordance with the desires of your flesh and the desires of your mind. And your nature was as of sons of anger. But through the grace of our Lord, when the grace of our Lord reached us and, and uh, touched us, we changed. Last Sunday, our brother uh, spoke about change. I hope you remember that message. The first change the first change took place when the grace of God saved us. The uh, second psalm says that he pulled us out of the pit, out of the mud and the mire. And he placed my feet on the solid rock. And he, uh, he established my foundation. And he placed a new song in my lips, on my lips. Uh, in, in praise to God. Just as our young people are praising God and uh, magnifying his name today. It's a worship, it's a form of worship which is pleasing to God. That raises up to God like a sweet uh, fragrance, like incense. And God accepts that worship. And God is praised through such worship. And 
And in Ephesians it says, whilst we were still dead in our sins, uh, we were made alive with Christ. We were dead, but we were made alive. We passed from death to life. We passed from darkness to light. We were in darkness. And we were carrying out works and acts of darkness. But God's grace was revealed to us. And light entered. There was a new creation. In 2 Corinthians it says, If someone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and everything has been made new. There was a time when we used to carry out the desires of the flesh and of our minds. Just as the Apostle says. But those days are over. Everything has been made new. Uh, the wife can look and see that she has a new husband. That angry husband has become calm. The careless uh, husband now becomes uh, caring. And uh, you see that a man can have a new circle of friends, new interests and hobbies. Uh, at, at home, there are um, different types of books on the table. Because life takes on a new direction. Because when someone receives the light, if he was going in one direction, he, he changes path and goes in a completely different direction. That is what repentance does. That is the new creation. Again, it says in Corinthians, take off, uh, discard the old person from your being. And replace it, put on the new. Uh, with a new mind made in the image of its creator. This change that we're talking about of having a spiritual uh, thinking and a spiritual understanding isn't something that happens immediately. It's something that is a continuous process throughout our lives. We will change, just as our brother said last week. I'd like to give an example in relation to this. We can see a beautiful statue. Uh, 
But we know that that beautiful statue which we're admiring wasn't created in, in a short period of time, in a few hours or even a few days. It takes a long time to come up with something of beauty. We know that the sculptor worked on the marble for a very long time in order to create such a work of beauty. He saw, he could visualize in his mind the end result. And slowly, slowly, by chipping away on one side, on the other side, by slowly chipping away at different parts of the sculpture, he could see that slowly but surely the final result that he had visualized in his mind was coming into being. Dear friends, it's the same with us. If we allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives, if we allow the Holy Spirit to cut away into us, to chip away, to remove anything that is not of use, and if we allow ourselves to be renewed every day by the word of God then our lives will reflect the image that the creator has foreseen for us and that is what our calling is to be like our creator to, to reflect him to reflect his image. Dear friends, God requires us to live a life uh, through which the grace of God is apparent and visible. Going back to the portion of scripture reading from Titus, in uh, verse 14, it says, Be zealous for good deeds. The grace that has been revealed to us should be apparent, should be seen in all of our actions. In all of the advice that we give. In our conversations. Sometimes we really have very useless and empty conversations. In all of our relationships. May the grace of our Lord Jesus be really apparent in our everyday lives. We know that uh, worldly people don't read the Bible. And it's with, with sadness and with fear even that uh, I know, I can say that many Christians even don't read the Bible. 
Those worldly people, unbelievers who don't read the Bible, what they do read is our lives. They don't read the Bible, but they read the lives of Christians. They look at the lives of Christians. Many people have said to me when I witness to them, they say, well, if, I, if you want me to become a Christian like so-and-so is a Christian, it's, it's better that I don't become one at all than become like him. So you see how the world interprets us and reads our lives. And you can see what a responsibility we have to live the type of life that God requires us to live. What did the Lord Jesus say? May your light shine in such a way that people seeing that light will give glory to God. Just one more thought before I conclude. In the 13th verse that we just read again, Let us look for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. Uh, Peter tells us in Second Peter it says that in the last days people will say when will the second coming take place? Where is the second coming that was promised? But we can read in the second psalm to the Lord, a thousand years are like a day. God, Christ has not delayed his second coming. If we read, if we read the word of God and interpret it that way, then in God's eyes, only two days have passed since Christ was on earth. Uh, it says in scripture that the Lord does not delay in keeping his promises. He is patient as he does not want anyone to perish. He wants all to be saved. The first time that Jesus came, he came in meekness and humility. He came as a savior. He came to take the sins of the world onto himself. And that's what he did. And he was nailed to the cross for us.
մեզի համար մերավ he died for us եւ մենք իր արդարությունով գարթարանանք and through his death we are made righteous մեզի արդարության սկեսներ հակցուց he clothes us in clothes of righteousness բայց այս երկրորդ անգամ որ պիտի քաս իրեններ but the second time that jesus will come He will come as king of kings. Der derans. Lord of lords. And he will come to establish his kingdom. And his saints will be gathered around him. And it says that we will all be changed. When the Lord comes we will all be changed. Those who are dead in Christ will rise. Եվ մենք որ ողջ ենք and those of us who are alive will be changed եւ հավիդյան and eternally so իր հետը պիտի լանք for eternity we will be with him եւ այն ադեն է որ սիրելներ պիտի գարնանք դերը բաշտել ինչպես որ պետք է and when that happens we will be able to worship the lord in the manner we we were we are created to worship him in we will see those hands that were pierced for us we will see the forehead which which took on the crown of thorns and then we will be able to worship him Այնպես պաշտել որ ինքսին կստավ գանեմ քոացնել բայց չեմ գնար Often when I'm when I'm worshiping God and praising God I wish to have a poetic ability like a poet's a poet's ability to use language to praise him with but I don't Բայց այն ադեն But during that time in eternity հազարներով եւ միլիոններով որ մեզ մի առաջ կացած են Thousands and millions of people who have gone before us will be gathered around the, the throne of the lamb and together we will worship him forever and ever what a blessed blessed experience but dear friends i would like to conclude with a question tun Will you be included there on that day in heaven? Եթե դեր Հիսուսը իբրե փրգիչը չես ընդունած, if you haven't accepted Jesus as savior, իր երկրորդ քալուստին զինքը պիտի ընդունիս իբր թատավոր ուզած չուզած։ When he comes again for the second time, you will be forced whether you like it or not to acknowledge him as king. Հիմա Հիսուս գուսե որ ամեն մարդ աբաշխարե Jesus wants for everyone to repent and be saved. He does not want for anyone to perish. For God so loved the earth that he gave his only begotten son that whomsoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Tun sirelis urgigenas. Where do you stand before God? Is Jesus your savior? Chene tadavorde. Or is he your king? Tadavor. Uh, or is he your judge? Dere darvor mezme yurakan chure. Ye mer polor sirelnerunet. Garenaink ait shirchanagi mech nerga allah. May God grant that each of us together with our families be in the group that acknowledges him as savior.
God bless us all. I'd also add that in heaven there will be no pain, no more tears, no sickness. All of us will be healthy. I won't need a walking stick. Thank you to our brother for his message. And for reminding us of the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Perhaps we don't think about the second coming as much as we should. And we need to constantly remember this message of his second coming. It's impossible for a Christian to believe in the second coming and not to live uh, with a, a faith that is alive. Uh, before we sing the next song, I'd just like to share with you something that happened during my latest trip. Uh, we know a brother who is older than uh, our preacher uh, is today, and uh, he's a Farsi speaker, and he's from New York. Uh, he's now retired, but for many years he was a pastor. And he doesn't see well at all. Brother Malcolm knows him. I've always stayed in contact with him by telephone. And uh, something he, t- he t- a story he told me in the past, he reminded me of again on the phone recently. He said, when I was in Iran, uh, eight of us were involved in the uh, leadership of the church. Uh, one of our brothers was an Armenian who was very spiritual and was also sick. His name was Hovanes. And at that time, uh, the, the, the pastor of that church was an American missionary. Uh, we, had, we had gathered together, there were seven of us, because the eighth person was Hovanes, who was not there. Uh, during the meeting we received a phone call that uh, Hovanes had passed away. Uh, 
and uh, the American missionary, Mr. Miller, said, "Let's conclude our meeting and all of us go together to Hovhannes's house." So that we can uh, say goodbye to him and bring comfort to his family. Uh, we went to the house, and the doctor was uh, had already been and had uh, written the death certificate. We were gathered, all seven of us, around uh, Hovhannes's bed. And the pastor said, "Let each of us pray and give thanks to God for the life of this brother." And the final person who prayed was the pastor himself. At the end of his prayer, when he said Amen, we suddenly hear that Brother Hovhannes also says Amen. And our brother said, I thought I heard his voice. So I opened my eyes slowly to see: Was it really Hovhannes who said that? Yes, the Sassim Tavrishnele the Sassim. And I heard it too, and other people heard it too. The Samche Amenke the Sassim. And all of us heard it was Hovhannes who said Amen. And we saw a brother Hovhannes raise his right arm just like this. And he said, "Brothers, yes, your king came to answer him. Terochmot. I am in heaven. I'm with my Lord." Please see to it that none of you is absent from heaven on that day. And his arm came down, and it was just as if he'd been dead for years after that. And his brother on the phone was reminding me how, for about twenty minutes, none of us could speak. We were trembling. We were crying. And after a while, the pastor, uh, Mr. Miller, said, "Why are you surprised?" God so fit to answer our prayer in this way. And when we went to the doctor to tell him what happened. The doctor said, "All of you are mad. It's impossible for something like that to happen. You've gone crazy." And this brother who was there at that meeting with us in in the states, he said the following. When I've been spiritually down in my life. I remember the face of Brother Hovhannes. And I remember what he said. See to it that none of you is absent on that final day. And of the seven people who were there, three are still alive and bear witness to this. We don't need dreams and visions like this to be sure of what will happen. But God also uses this to encourage us. 
Let each of us think about, contemplate on heaven. And remember the blessed hope that we have. And may the coming, the second coming of Christ, occupy our minds and our thoughts. Let us stand and sing this song.